Welcome to another podcast packed full of tips and advice to help you navigate your way through your working life, or at least through the next couple of months. I'm Laura-Jane Filatrani, and this is Careers Talk. In this week's pod, Kerry's back. Hooray! Hi, Kerry. Hello, good to be back. Really missed you last week. Oh, thanks. Kerry is going to tell us about the Q&A we had yesterday on working in the financial sector, which for all the doom and gloom of the recession was quite positive about the prospects of a career in finance. There is no pick the poster this week, I'm afraid. Instead, we've been out and about at the London Graduate Fair, speaking to grads about the job market and their preparations for securing a job. I've been looking for about three months and sort of applying for jobs here and there. Must have applied for about 50 in total and most of them just don't even get back to you. In the studio, we'll be joined by Professor of Organisational Psychology, Rob Briner, who was on one of the discussion panels at the Grad Fair. I'll be talking to him, among other things, about the grads he met and what he thought about their attitude. The names of the degree, or sometimes the way they're marketed by universities, imply if you do this, you'll get this glittering career in this field. They should make it clear it's not a sort of golden key to that career at all. We'll end the show, as usual, with a look at what's coming up next week. But first, Kerry... Yesterday's Q&A. Yeah, this week we've been talking about financial services careers. So we were looking at accounting, investment banking, hedge funds and the like. And as you say, it was really positive. You know, the lack of jobs seems to be what's pushed forward. But there was a lot of talk about a lot of movement in the sector and how when people are moving, new jobs, entry jobs, middle management jobs are coming up all the time. So tell us a, tell us a couple of people that you had as experts on the panel. I was really excited about the panel this week. We had some really good organisations involved. We had Gemma Roberts from PricewaterhouseCoopers, which is, of course, one of the big one four. Of the big yeah. yeah, which is really exciting. And Fiona Sanford, who's head of careers at the London School of Economics, and Jacqueline Bond, a business development manager at the Chartered Institute of Management Accountants. And uh, how many posts did we get? Well, 74 and counting. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's still going on. Have you yeah, left I've left it you? open. I think that's the kind of new thing that we've started, isn't it? You've started leaving the discussions open. Well, I mean, we had somebody this morning that came in and was like, oh, no, I've missed this. Right. But if we leave it open, then people who come to it as a resource can maybe just continue the discussion. Yeah, no, it's a good idea. It's an ongoing thing. Yeah. So what about a couple of uh, good posts that stuck out for you? There was loads, and this is quite tricky because we had layabout interesting username, who was a bond trader who took a sabbatical from banking a few years ago to write on finance and travel a little bit. And they wanted to re-enter banking as a business manager. They're having trouble convincing employers, you know, why they want to make a sideways move into a new role and that they're not just looking for a route back into trading. And what was the advice given? Well, They wanted to know how without the relevant job title they could get noticed and whether they should sidestep HR and contact a department. And that caused a bit of like a mini debate. Like some people thought that it was a bad idea and that you might be creating more work for a HR department. Oh, really? Yeah. By taking the initiative to identify a new contact or use an existing contact. I'd always say sidestep HR. Yeah. A few of our experts said that. If you, rather than going to them and saying, can I have a job maybe asking them about their role, about the department, what it's like to work there, and asking them for advice, that tends to have more of a, an impressive like, Just sort outlook. Just opening up communications. Yes. Yeah. And some top tips. Okay, well, my first one that I've picked out is that specific skills and knowledge are in demand. Last year, our expert Fiona Sanford said that lots of the major iBanks underhired, and now they're actively recruiting for people oh, who have okay. got quite intense knowledge on that area. That's positive. 
Yes, there are not many vanilla analyst roles, apparently. They want specific skills, graduates with language skills. Turkish, German and Mandarin are most in demand at the moment. Oh, right, OK. Good advice. Joining us in the studio now is Rob Briner, who was a guest on the panel discussion Hot Tips for Challenging Times at the London Graduate Fair. The fair happened earlier this week in London and attracted thousands of graduates. Rob is a professor of organisational psychology at Burbeck. He's interested in exploring the relationship between work and various aspects of well-being, like your moods and emotions, and the psychological contract you enter into with an employer. He has a considerable body of published work, which his 24-page CV testifies to. Hi, Rob. Hello, hi. So I think, really, we should talk about the 24-page CV, first of all. I think we should, yeah. I couldn't believe it when I came across it. It is actually the longest CV I've ever seen. Yeah, look, what I've seen longer, this is one of the problems that academic CVs are not only long, they're incredibly dull as well. And the thing <laughs> is, you kind of supposed to record every single thing you do, but it does make it very long and dull. One way around that some people do is to have a kind of short front end and then very, very long appendices. Yeah. I think I need to probably do that with I my own CV. The thing that struck me, though, was that you had this enormous and incredible sort of illustrious list of publications and, you know, appearances and articles and press. And you included your O-levels. I know, it is very, very strange. In, for some reason, in academic CVs, some of them still ask about O-levels and get a bit weird if you don't include really? them. You do think at some levels, look, does it really matter I about my own? It. I know, it's strange. Oh, that would drive me crazy. Yeah, I'm glad they don't ask about my grades because they really weren't very <laughs> impressive. So. Best left off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you're here because you were on the panel at the, the Grad Fair earlier this week, and uh, you were invited to talk about uh, tips for yeah. graduates, uh, particularly in this kind of market. Yes. What kind of tips did you come up with? I think there's probably two or three. I think the first one was we got a few questions saying, you know, I've sent out 30 CVs and nothing's coming back. And it wasn't just me, but other members of the panel as well felt that sometimes people would be much better to focus down on maybe sending out five CVs, but really make sure they knew what they were talking about. So focusing your CV, shaping it specifically for the job is very, very important. I think the second thing is that, you know, people get, I guess, concerned that they are going to get trapped in a certain kind of job or career and so on. I guess from a psychological point of view, you could argue that many jobs actually have the same sorts of ingredients or features anyway. So, you know, there's things you have to do, there's demands, there's learning new skills. At the same time, you know, there's quite a lot of evidence now that people can actually change their jobs once they're in it. So although there are job descriptions and there was these kind of required and necessary kind of qualifications on actually when people are in jobs, they morph them, they change them. So actually it's maybe not a disaster to go for something even if you don't think it's completely right for you. Yeah, that's really good advice, I think. The third thing, I think, is someone asked a question about when you get to final interview stage, what's going to make distinguish you from the crowd? And certainly, you know, I was saying, well, one thing that won't is if you're just generally super keen, enthusiastic, kind of puppy dog, you know, I'll do anything, I'll be your friend, I love you type interview behaviour. Because not only does it bore... Does that not work? Not, well, it might, but not only does it bore the interviewers to death. I think also they're going to say, well, what why are you enthusiastic about this? You know, you could be talking about anything and it sounds very unconvincing. So I think there's a kind of sense in which you can become a kind of vanilla candidate. So you really need to think about, rather than saying, I'm keen, I'm great, I'm a team player, well, actually, you know, provide evidence, be specific. Mm, okay, I was just bringing Kerry in there because we, we were just talking about that. We had a Q&A on finance yesterday and uh, you were talking about vanilla careers as well, weren't you? They're not looking for vanilla candidates, they're looking for specifics. Mm, the jobs aren't there for those sort of people yeah. at the moment, so you yeah. need to stand out. 
Interesting. Mm. I also wanted to talk to you about this uh, this thing about debt. Mm. Uh, that last week, the the Push Student Debt Survey came out with Unilevers were facing a twenty three thousand pound debt yeah. before they even begin work. Yeah. And I wondered whether you think this is going to affect their choice of career and their relationship with their future employer. Sure. And I'm thinking particularly here about your research into the psychological contract yeah. that you enter into when you when you take a job. Yeah, I mean, certainly, I think my bank manager would suggest I'm not a particularly good person to advise anyone about <laughs> debt, uh, because generally... Mine neither. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of a bit kind of relaxed about it. But I would say, yes, I think it does tend to shape what people give and what they expect to get back from work. It may drive people a little more to jobs where they either think they're going to get paid more to begin with, or it drives them into jobs where they believe there'd be a fairly quick kind of increase in pay should they perform well. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing, I think, for anyone going into a job, but I think it may mean people cutting off certain options because they're particularly worried about this debt. I mean, my advice would be just don't worry about it that much. I mean, as long as it's not astronomical, you know, you can pay it off over time. That's a fine thing to do. So, yeah, I think it might be pushing people in certain directions, which is not necessarily helpful. And then once they get into a job, do you think that the the fact that they do have this debt will make them less likely to look to move jobs or do you think that we'll 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 find the next generation of workers much more stable and less likely to job hop than we've seen certainly in the last yeah. 10 years or so I guess people might job hop specifically for more money uh, it also might make them I guess less willing to take other kinds of risks like completely changing career or going into something kind of as it were back on the, the first rung again and it also would make me feel really differently about my education when I was doing it as well as, as we see now with students they're kind of are acting more like customers and clients and expect a sort of service, even though we always point out, well, actually, it's the work you put into it that really matters. Of course, we're here to facilitate that, but actually it's your work that will get you through this, not what we do. Yeah, that's interesting because it leads me on to another mm. question now about what we're giving in terms of the expectation of yeah. what a degree means. And yeah. um, it seems that there's an enormous discrepancy between the expectation of the graduates and the reality of the job market. And I think, is it time really that we need to clarify the function mm. of education and what it is that we're aiming yes. to do i think you're right and i think there's two kind of related issue here one is a kind of the classic occupations like going to drama school potentially like journalism now possibly new media stuff where you are training people to do the job and they kind of can do it once they get to the end more or less they can do it but they just aren't the positions anymore i think that's one kind of problem i think the other sort of problem is the one where i think the names of the degree or sometimes the way they're marketed by universities imply if you do this you'll get this glittering career in this field. I mean, there's lots of examples. I think one is virtually any degree that has management in the title, and particularly things like MBAs. A university course cannot teach someone how to be a manager. An MBA cannot teach you how to be a manager. But certainly, generally, I think universities, for all these kind of vocational-sounding courses that probably aren't really vocational in the sense of drama training or nursing training or medical training or, or journalism training, in fact, they should make it clear it's giving you a sort of background and context in it, but it's not a sort of golden key to that career at all. Thank you very much. Okay. It's been really great talking to you. Will you come back another Absolutely, time? Absolutely, yes. I feel like there's to. loads of topics yeah. that we could talk about. Sure. Thanks. And now from us to you. But instead of our regular pick the poster, we're going to hear from a couple of grads who came to the fair on Tuesday. Kerry, I think you should give our listeners a flavour of the event. Yeah, happy to. Well, like you said, it's a massive event. Very popular. There were graduates queuing out of the door down the street and round the corner there was loads of people there and 
They were all there to talk to employers like the BBC, Barclays, volunteering groups and Transport for London. And as well as those exhibitors, there was a CV clinic, which was really busy, uh, talks and workshops and the panel discussions as well. That was in the Guardian sessions room. Yeah, that's right. And they included the big cell, making it in marketing. And that panel included Sarah Borman, who's marketing director of the Island Records group. Then we had Media Moves, which is broadcast digital and print journalism, which included Julian Lindley, who's creative director of Bauer Lifestyle and Entertainment. Up until recently, he was editor of Heat as well. And of course, you. And you me. were on the panel too. I was. And there was also Hot Tips on How to Succeed in Challenging Times with Rob, of course. And full podcasts of each of these sessions will be online soon. My name is Nunos Tego Borlons. I'm studying at SOAS, which is School of Oriental and African Studies. It's the University of London, and I'm studying a BA in Economics and Law. Hi, my name's Omar, graduated from Warwick University doing French and Italian, and I've got 2-2, so currently looking for jobs, and it's not really going that well. At the moment, I'm looking at finance, mainly accountancy rather than the banking side. And I'm also interested in teaching, but that's something that I've decided to do later on in, in my career because I've already done a teaching placement and I really enjoyed it, but I'd like to get some experience and build up my knowledge first before I go into teaching. I'd like to use my languages and I'd like to get into business and hopefully some sort of European commerce, trade, something like that. I don't really know, to be honest. I'm going to graduate in the summer, which is in 2010, and we need to start applying for graduate schemes now. It's very competitive. There are early closing dates, and you've also got more students interested in a particular job, so it's good to start preparing as soon as possible. I've been looking for about three months and sort of applying for jobs here and there. I must have applied for about 50 in total, and most of them just don't even get back to you. I try to tailor my applications to each job, try to make it come across that I am very interested in that job and most of the time I am quite interested in that job because I'd like anything at the moment. Hi, I'm Jake, I did uh, marketing management at Newcastle University and just graduated. I'm in exactly the same boat as Jake, my name's Scott, I did marketing management at Newcastle as well and I've just graduated as well with a 2-1. Well I just got back from travelling uh, a few weeks ago so I've started to knuckle down fairly hard at the moment. I've had a few interviews, I've turned them down because I thought as I've got a job at the moment I'd, I can be a bit more picky, I'd like to think anyway. What are you doing at the moment though? I'm just working, it's a job that I was doing part time throughout uni, uh, working at Wembley Stadium but I can, I'm doing it full time at the moment. So the money's good and it's keeping me going for the time being so I'll hopefully wait for more of an appropriate graduate jobs come up. I've also come back from travelling as well and uh, I'm working full time so it's hard to look for jobs and work at the same time, snack it after work. The application forms take like 40 minutes each so... The jobs are out there but there's so many people applying for them so you've really got to spare, if you just kind of rush it together in five minutes it's not really, and you don't really put your heart into it, you think well I'm just wasting my time because there's so many other people out there that are probably going to try a bit more harder so you've got to realise you are up against a hell of a lot of people. specific to each job you apply for so you've got to tailor everything you do. How confident are you about you know when you do start to look for work I'd probably say out of 10 5 out of 10 because I think I really need to decide exactly what I'm going to apply for so that I can tailor the way I present myself to those companies and if I'm still not sure I can't really go into an interview and say well I'd like to work for your company but you know I'm still not sure and then it doesn't give a good impression and it's not going to help my chances of ever getting a job anyway. I want to go into advertising or branding but they just do marketing grad schemes so that's what so I want to get into. if you an ideal company who would it be that you would work for? Ideal company? Yeah, yeah no specific just no, anyone. Anyone's taken. I mean. 
How confident are you that you'll find a job and how long do you think it will take you? Um, I'm confident I'll get a job if it's a job I want to do, I don't know. Hopefully I'll have a job I want to be in by next September. That was a selection of grads from the fair. Kerry, it seems like there were two distinct groups there, those who'd already graduated who were unprepared and those who were yet to graduate who were super prepared. Is that a fair summation? Definitely, and I found that really interesting. You kind of would have thought maybe the people that had got more time would be more relaxed, but they seemed to be more focused, more knowledgeable and more prepared. You know, I was kind of expecting people to be despairing, having spent months looking for jobs. Crying? Were you looking for tears? <laughs> Falling into my arms and going, give me a job. But it was as if they'd not actually spent their time gaining work experience or learning about their sector. They'd maybe been working in bars and, or travelling, which is fine, but they need to realise the people that they're up against who haven't even graduated yet are in better positions than them, know what jobs they want and how to get them. Well, that's about it. Just enough time to tell you what's coming up next week. Kerry. Okay, on October the 23rd, we're going to have a debate about internships and whether interns should be paid. We're expecting this to be really lively. We've already had lots of quite angry posts about graduates need to stop moaning or I deserve a job. Then on Wednesday the 28th, we've got social care and we're going to be focusing in on a role, possibly support work. And our panel includes our social work expert, Samantha Barron. On Thursday the 29th of October, we've got international development and we've got some skills organisations and NGOs involved in that. That's great. Sounds a really busy week again. Many thanks to our guest Rob Reiner and our graduates from the fair and of course thanks as always to Kerry. Don't forget you can find out more information on everything we've talked about and more by going to careers.guardian.co.uk. Careers Talk was produced by Kate Taylor. I'm LJ Filatrani and thanks for listening.